Well, let's all stand this morning. Daniel chapter number six in your Bibles. And we're just going to do that today. We're just going to brag on the Lord a little bit if the Lord will let us do that. Daniel chapter number six, and we're going to begin in verse number 14. And this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And so Daniel 6, verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of, of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, Servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den and so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came down or came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I will make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. Notice verse 27. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. You may be seated this morning. Man, there's somebody in this service that needs to understand that God's able to deliver. God's able to rescue. God is sending a message to somebody today. I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And since we're starting Vacation Bible School tomorrow, I wanted to just sort of build on our theme, My God Delivers and rescues, and so that's what I've uh, titled this uh, uh, sermon today, whatever it is, and uh, and so let me just talk to you a few minutes about this subject today, and we won't be long at all, and uh, we'll let you we'll let you go. Let's pray together this morning, Father. We love you and thank you for your goodness, and God, thank you for the opportunity to be back in your house again today. 
And God, thank you for the wonderful spirit of worship, Lord, that's here today and folks already using the altars and and testifying. And God, we just appreciate uh, your Holy Spirit coming and meeting with us. And now, Lord, we want to do our best to discern the will of God and we want to be sensitive to the will of God. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll direct the service, have your way. Father, I pray that you do that. And Lord, take everything that's been done so far, every song, God, the music that's been so wonderfully played, Lord, the specials that have been sung. And God, now a few moments of teaching or preaching of the Word of God. And I pray you'll take these things. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would couple them together. And God, I pray that we'd walk out of this place today being able to say, I serve a God that's able to deliver and a God that's able to rescue. And God, by the time this week is done, I pray that many boys and girls and teenagers and adults would again walk out of these doors saying that we serve a God that's able to deliver and rescue. Father, have your way. Now, please, please, we yield ourselves to thee. We pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We love you. We praise you. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. And this is the true story. And it is a true story. This is not a fable. The true story of Daniel and the den of lions. The Bible tells us here in Daniel chapter 6 that Darius has organized his kingdom uh, under 120 princes. When the Bible mentions princes, it's talking about leaders or politicians. We would call them politicians, governors, congress, mayors, uh, city council, those kinds of things. And Darius has organized his kingdom under 120 of those princes. Over these 120 princes, he has set up three presidents. And among those presidents, Daniel is given top authority. And the Bible says that Daniel's been given an excellent spirit. And, and so the king exalts him to that top uh, place of leadership. Uh, we also know this, that whenever you're on the top, somebody's going to be shooting at you. And because of jealousy among these other princes and presidents, they're doing their best to try to remove Daniel from this place of leadership. They convince King Darius to sign a ridiculous decree. And that decree pretty much says this, that no one is able to pray to any other person other than King Darius. If you pray to any other deity other than the king, then you'll be thrown into a den of lies. Now, the reason those men came up with that decree is because they knew that Daniel wouldn't abide by that. They knew that Daniel was a, a godly man, a man that loved the Lord. And they knew that he was a man that, that prayed uh, regularly and often. And so they knew that Daniel, more than likely, Daniel was not going to be able to abide by that decree. Sure enough, our Bible tells us that Daniel, just like he always did, was found in his home with his in windows open toward Jerusalem, and he was praying to the God of heaven. And our Bible tells us that Daniel is thrown into the den of lions. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. As you read the story for Daniel, it looks like pretty much Daniel's life is in a mess now. It looks like things have just pretty much fallen apart, that the rug has been pulled out from under David's feet. Think about it. David has gone from being president to being plotted against. He's gone from living in the palace to now he's in the pit. He's moved from peace to prison and from safety and security to satanic attack. And so Daniel's in a bad way. 
And it looks like, it looks like now we know how the story ends because thank God we have scripture. But you understand they didn't have the book of Daniel back in that day and they didn't know. Daniel didn't know how things were gonna turn out. Uh, but we notice here that at least from Daniel's perspective, it looks like everything has fallen apart. Boy, I'm so glad that I can go ahead and tell you that we have a God that delivers and rescues. And as I begin to study this story out from which really our theme this week is based, uh, there were several interesting things that God gave me that I would like to give to the congregation today if I could. And we'll do this very, very quickly today. One of the things that I noticed about this story is this. First of all, human delivery was unsuccessful. Would you look at Daniel chapter six and look at verse number 14? The Bible says this, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. He loved Daniel. King Darius loved Daniel. And the Bible says, and set his heart, in other words, the king set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. I love this little phrase. The Bible says, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. And then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Interesting wording in our Bibles. The Bible says the king set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. In other words, King Darius did everything he could do. I mean, he tried everything that he could think of to try to deliver Daniel from this den of lions, but nothing worked. No matter what he did, no matter what he tried, nothing seemed to work. You see, that human delivery was totally unsuccessful. It failed in every way. It failed. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, let me see if I can make a spiritual application here. Did you know that human delivery is unsuccessful in salvation? It's unsuccessful in salvation. You, what, what do you mean, preacher? I mean, there are a lot of people today that are trying to rescue themselves when it comes to salvation. If you go to the average person and you say, hey, are you, are you going to heaven? They'll say something like this. Well, I hope I am. Are you saved? Are you, have you been born again? And oftentimes they'll say this, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. You know what they're saying? I'm trying to rescue me. I'm trying to use human delivery to make sure that I rescue me from the pits of hell and make sure that I'm going to heaven. I like this. Somebody said this, the best of men are men at best. Amen. And if you're here this morning and you're trying to rescue yourself in salvation, I'm just here to tell you it's gonna be very, very unsuccessful. Our Bible says in Romans 3 verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And in Romans 3, 23, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I want you to uh, hold your place at Daniel chapter six, but I wanna show you a great verse that goes with this subject of delivery. Now, I want you to look at Isaiah 64, uh, and we'll go there. We'll go there in just a moment, all right? Uh, but again, I want you to understand something. Isaiah 64, yes, Isaiah 64 and verse number six. Look there with me, if you will. The Bible says here, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Interesting words. You know what Isaiah the prophet is saying there? That the righteousness that we try to produce is like filthy rags. Now, listen, if you study that out, you know what Isaiah was talking about? 
Isaiah lived back in a day when leprosy was a dreaded, dreaded disease. And they didn't have the medications and the help that we have today. And oftentimes people would get that dreaded disease of leprosy and their limbs would begin to become infected. And sometimes they would lose fingers and sometimes they would lose a limb. Oftentimes they would lose their sight. Sometimes their nose would fall off their face. Uh, sometimes they were without, without ears. And those lepers would walk around with these, these putrid sores all over their bodies. And so they would take these rags and they would wrap these defiled sores in their bodies. They would wrap these sores as not to be exposed. And after a little while, those rags would become so corrupted that that leper would take off those defiled rags and dispose of those rags. That's what Isaiah is talking about. Isaiah said that our righteousness, our good works are like, are like those filthy rags that those lepers discarded. Now this is what I'm saying, church. If you're trying to deliver yourself when it comes to salvation, you are going to miserably fail. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says it like this, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus chapter three, verse five says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And again, Follow me this morning. Human delivery in Daniel chapter six, human delivery was unsuccessful. And human delivery when it comes to salvation is also unsuccessful. You say, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that there is not one solitary thing that you can do in and of yourself that's gonna merit you heaven. You're here today, say, Pastor, I'm a good church member. That's great, but being a good church member is not gonna get you into heaven. You say, Pastor, I'm a charter member of a church. Wonderful, but that's not gonna get you into heaven. You say, Pastor, I'm a, I'm, I'm a good person in the community and I'm very socially active in the community. Wonderful, but I'm just telling you that social activism is not gonna get you into heaven. It's not our righteousness that gets us there. It's not our works that get us there. It is only by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you've heard me tell this story before, but it just fits so well here. And I thought about the story that I've told some about the, the three men that were running from an enemy one night, and, and it was late at night. It was pitch dark, and, uh, and they'd been running for quite a while now trying to evade this enemy. And uh, they were running through, uh, through the woods and didn't really know where they were going. And finally, they came to the edge of the woods, and there was a cliff and, uh, and at the edge of that cliff was, a, was an ocean and there were jagged rocks and the waves were crashing up on those jagged rocks and it was a long ways down. They couldn't go back because of the enemy. They couldn't go forward because of the cliff and, and the water. And so they thought, what are we gonna do? I mean, uh, we can't go back. We can't go forward. We're trapped. We're trapped. What are we gonna do? And that night, as they looked out over the ocean, the moon was shining excessively bright and it looked so full, it looked so big that night. It looked like you could literally just sort of reach out and touch it. And one of the men said this, he said, I've got an idea. He said, if we can jump to the moon, he said, we can get away from the enemy. And so sure enough, the, the, the first man backed up, he was sort of a crippled guy. He walked with a cane, he was sort of hunchback. 
But he said, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Man, he hobbled over to the edge of that cliff and he jumped with all the might that he could. And you know the story, don't you? He failed. Gravity took over. And that older man fell to those rocks and those waves came and took his body out to the sea and it killed him. Well, the next man said, I've got to do better than that. He didn't do a very good job. I've got to jump further. I've got to do more. I've got to exert more energy. I've got to try harder. And sure enough, he did. He backed up a little bit further. He took several breaths. He ran with all of his might to the edge of the cliff and he leaped for the moon and you know the story don't you gravity took over and he fell to those rocks and his body was crushed on those rocks and the waves came in and took his body out to the ocean well the third man said hey that first guy, he did pretty good. The second guy, he did all right, but I know I can make it. I know I can make it. I, I, I'm healthy enough. I'm, I'm sporty enough. I'm active enough. I think I can do this. I know I can. I know I can. And man, he psyched himself out. He got way, way back. He took a lot of breaths. He got himself ready and he ran to the edge of the cliff and he leaped with all of his might. And you know the story, don't you? Gravity took over. And that third man's body hit those rocks and his body was mangled and those waves came in and carried his, his body out to the ocean. Now, you say, Pastor, point. What's your point? My point is this, that that moon was 220,000 miles away. It looked close. It looked like they could make it. It looked like they could jump to the moon, but that moon was 220,000 miles away. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I think I can make it. I think I can make it to heaven. I think I can save myself. I think I can get there on my own righteousness. I'm here to tell you that brother heaven is as far away as the moon is from them. You're not going to get there on your own accord. Human delivery is impossible. And so we find here that human delivery was unsuccessful when it came to salvation. But I want to say something else. Human delivery is unsuccessful in sanctification. Human delivery is unsuccessful in sanctification. What do you mean, preacher? You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm, I, I'm trying to, to conquer a bad habit in my life. Maybe you're here this morning. Let me talk to you a little bit this morning. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm, I'm battling with something and nobody else knows about it. I've not confided in the pastor. I've not told my wife. I've not told my, my husband. I've not told my parents. Nobody knows. I've not confided in anybody, but I'm battling with something. You may be here this morning and you're battling with some type of addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to alcohol. Maybe your addiction is meth. Maybe your addiction is crack. Maybe your addiction is marijuana. Maybe you're here today and your addiction is pornography or lust. Or maybe it's none of those things. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe you're bitter against somebody. And you say, Pastor, this thing in my life is literally just eating, eating my lunch. It's just eating me alive. Preacher, I've lost my joy. I've lost my excitement. I've lost my passion for serving the Lord. I don't enjoy my Bible like I used to. I don't enjoy a church like I used to. And this thing's in my life, and I'm, in, I'm embarrassed about it, and I'm ashamed of it. And preacher, I've tried. I've tried to kick it, and it just won't go away. And I want to tell you something. Human delivery is going to be unsuccessful. Did you know that you can't conquer that thing on your own? You're going to have to have God. Now, we're going to talk about that more tonight. So you'll be back tonight. That's where the Holy Spirit of God comes in. And somebody says, preacher, I just, preacher, I just can't live the victorious Christian life. You're right. You can't. But I got good news. He can. 
And the Holy Spirit of God can live that victorious Christian life through you if you let him do that. Oh, listen, human delivery is unsuccessful. I thought about that, that demoniac of Gadara was hopeless until he turned his life over to Christ. Mary Magdalene was hopelessly controlled by demonic devils until she turned her life over to Christ. I thought about Ronald Deans, and I don't tell that whole story, but I thought about Ronald Deans years ago was the town drunk here in Union Grove, and Ronald Deans was, was hopelessly haunted by alcohol until he walked into the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove just down the road right here and gave his heart, heart to Christ, and, and God delivered him. Now, listen, I don't know who I'm talking to, and I don't know who, need, who needs to hear this this morning, but I'm just telling you whatever it is that you're battling with, he can conquer it. I'm telling you, he can conquer it. He can pull that stronghold down. You say, Pastor, I don't have the power. You're right. And I'm glad you realized that you don't have the power. But I'm so glad I get to tell you about a God who does have the power. And you can't deliver yourself, but he can deliver you. And you can't rescue yourself, but he can rescue you. And I'm telling you what the preacher cannot do, he can do. And what the deacon cannot do, he can do. And what the psychologist cannot do, he can do. And what drugs cannot do, he can do. And what alcohol cannot do, thank God, he can do. Hey, my God is able to deliver. Oh, yes. Boy, good truths. We learn here that human delivery was unsuccessful. But we're not going to end on that one. There's another great truth here. That's this. Divine delivery was unmistakable. Now, if you turned away from Daniel 6, I want you to turn back over there with me. What humanity could not do, divinity could. And we find here that divine delivery was unmistakable. Daniel chapter 6, in your Bibles, and look with me at verse number 16. The Bible says, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And now the king spake unto Daniel and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Wait a minute now. I can guarantee you this is what they did. They put those lions down in that den, and they starved those wild lions. As they knew they'd be throwing people into this den of lions, no doubt those lions had not eaten in many days. And all of a sudden, they take this, what some believe, probably at this time, Daniel may have been in his 80s, and they take this old man, this old prophet, and they throw him into this den of lions, and you would have thought immediately, you would have heard roars and screams and the breaking of bones and the tearing of flesh. But look what it says. Daniel chapter 6, look at verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried, the king, he cried with a lamentable voice, said to Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, oh, Daniel, serving the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt? Boy, thank God, Calvary. I can tell you today that what humanity cannot do, thank God, God can do. 
And I'm glad that all this week, all this week at, at, at Vacation Bible School, we get to tell some kids and we get to tell some teenagers and we get to tell some adults that we serve a God. Hey, I want to tell you something. My God can do what Allah cannot do and my God can do what Herr Krishna cannot do and my God can do what Buddha cannot do. I'm telling you, Buddha's dead and Muhammad is dead, but Jesus is alive. He's alive and he's a well and he still delivers to this day. You say, preacher, how can this church out in a little place called Union Grove, North Carolina, how can this church continue to move forward in spite of obstacles, in spite of oppression, in spite of COVID, in spite of ordinary people? And so I pastor ordinary people. And by the way, you have an ordinary pastor you say, Pastor, why does this church continue to grow? I'll tell you why. Because we serve a God who's able to deliver and rescue. Why did this church experience a supernatural revival just a few months ago? Why does this church continue to grow? Why does the outreach ministry seem to be expanding? Why do we believe and we do believe that our bigger and better days are yet to be seen at Calvary Baptist Church? Hey, I got news for you. Hang around a little while. I just want to say, church, by the grace of God, you ain't seen nothing yet. You say, Pastor, what's the explanation? I'll tell you what it is. It's not Brother Pope, and it's not Brother Looney, and it's not Brother Mike, and it's not Brother Russell. I'll tell you what it is. The explanation is this. It's God. It's God. And God is able to deliver. And God is able to rescue. Hey, church, I'm going to tell you something. I serve, I serve folk. Calvary. This is not the country club. This is just the Calvary. This is not the Calvary country club. This is a local church. I pastor normal folks. Several years ago when we started to, we started, we knew we needed to build. We were packed and jammed. Some of you down here in the old building, you remember how it was. Man, we had chairs sitting out. We had people downstairs. We had people out in the modular buildings and we knew we needed to build, but we thought, how in the world, how are we? We don't have rich people. How are we going to build? And we just set out in faith to try to do what God was leading us to do. But how many know there's a God that delivers? Amen. I remember sitting in my old office years ago. It was on a Tuesday night. My phone rang and I picked up the phone and the voice said, I said, hello. And the voice said, is this Reverend Pope? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, the Reverend Pope, that pastor's Calvary? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, Reverend Pope, this is Mrs. Staley. She said, I'm calling to confirm that your church received our letter. And I said, Mrs. Staley, I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to. No, ma'am, as far as I know, we, did, we received no letter. She said, oh, my. She said, I am so sorry. And I said, well, it's, it's not a problem. No, no problem at all. She said, well, what the letter concerned was she said, there's a gentleman in our community had passed away and uh, he divided his estate up between four churches. And she said, Calvary was one of those churches. I didn't even know the, the gentleman. She said, years ago, he attended revivals there occasionally and he left part of his, inherit part of his estate to the church. And I said, wow, okay, praise the Lord. And then Mrs. Staley said, I bet you're dying to know how much. And I said, matter of fact, I am. <laughs> now, church, you got to understand something. 
If Mrs. Staley would have said, Pastor, we have a $1,000 check for you, we would have shouted. <laughs> well, $1,000 is a lot of money. But that next day, Mrs. Staley walked onto the property down here at this old building. Brother Allen met me there. Miss Ann met me there. And that lady handed us a check for almost $70,000. I mean, just out of the clear blue, $70,000. And, and by the way, I could tell you story after story after story where that's happened. You say, Pastor, what's going on? I'll tell you what it is. There is a God who can rescue and a God who can deliver you. We were trying for the longest time. We were trying to build down here on the old property and we were just having a time spinning our wheels, just spinning, spinning, spinning our wheels. Couldn't get any traction. And our, our building engineer said, Pastor, he said, you're just, it's a hard situation. He said, you're trying to, number one, he said, you, you don't have a lot of land down here. He said, on top of that, he said, you're trying to build in a cereal bowl. And he said, we're gonna have to bring in tons and tons and tons and tons of dirt to try to fill in and get this done. And my wife and I had flown out to California. I was at the Lancaster Baptist Church in, in, uh, uh, in Lancaster, California, and, and uh, it was a Sunday morning, and one of our people texted me and said, Pastor, did you know there's a for sale sign on the property across from the church? At that time, I'd been here almost 20, 25, 26 years. This land had never been, this land had never been for sale. Had barbed wire, had a few cows on it. They would bell it for hay occasionally. Never a lot of activity. And, uh, and I text back and I said, no, I didn't know that, but thanks for letting me know. A few minutes later, somebody else texted me. said, preacher, did you know there's a for sale sign on the property across from our church? And I said, well, somebody just texted me. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, that night, we were sitting in Lancaster Baptist Church and my phone went ding. And I looked at my phone and it was the realtor. I don't even, to this day, I don't know how she got my number. And she said, Pastor Pope, I'm the realtor over the land across from your church. I'm just letting you know it's for sale. And then she said this, but it won't stay that way long. I text back and I said, thank you for letting me know. I'm in California. I'll be back in just a few days. As soon as I get back, we'll address it. By the time we could fly back, somebody had already placed a bid on the land. But you're sitting on it. You know why? Because there's a God who delivers and rescues. And God not only gave us this beautiful seven acres, and it is some of the most beautiful acres here on this road. And God not only gave us this beautiful seven acres, but just a few months later, he gave us another beautiful seven acres over here. And we're hoping before long, God will just give us the whole hill, amen? Now you say, Pastor, what are you saying? This isn't a sermon. This is just a bragging session. I'm telling you, thank God. There is a God, and I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know what you're going through, but I'm glad I can come here today, and I can tell you what you cannot do, and where your hand is weak, thank God, his arm is strong. And God is able to deliver you. Man, I, we, we joked about this just last night. You know all my stories. Somebody said last night, preacher, I know all your illustrations. I know, but I still love to tell them. And evidently, you sort of like to hear them or you wouldn't be here. And I tell them over and over again, and they, and they challenge me. He was the pastor of the almighty God tabernacle. He was working late one night in the office, late, late. And he thought, you know, I better phone my little wife and let her know that I'm going to be a little late. And so sure enough, he, 
picked up the phone in his office. He dialed the number and called his house, and it rang and rang and rang, and he knew his wife was there, but she never picked up. And so he just let it ring and ring and ring and ring, and he thought, where in the world is that woman at? He thought, well, maybe she's in the bath or something. So he just let it ring. He just sort of left it there and let it ring, 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 and she never did pick up. And so finally, sort of flustered, he plopped the phone down. He turned, picked it back up, and he dialed the number again, and first ring, she answered. He said, hey. She said, hey, honey. He said, where have you been? <laughs> she said, what do you mean, where have I been? He said, man, I just called. He said, I let this phone ring off the hook. She said, sweetheart, I don't know who you called. But she said, that phone didn't ring here. He said, honey, I know I dialed the number. And she said, sweetie, I'm just telling you, the phone did not ring here. He thought, man, maybe I'm losing it. A few days later, he's in his office. And his phone rang. He picks up the phone. He says, hello. And he names the name of the church. And the voice on the other end of the line says, why did you call me the other night? And the pastor was a little confused, and he said, excuse me? He said, why did you call me the other night? And the pastor said, friend, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. He said, yes, you called. And he said, he said when you called, he said, I was ending my life. When the phone rang, he said, I was in my living room with a loaded revolver, I had it stuck to my head, and he said, I was sweating, shaking, getting ready to pull the trigger, getting ready to end my life, nothing worth living for. And he said, right before, he said, I could, I could feel the pressure put on the trigger, and he said, right before, I, right before I pulled it, I just cried out in desperation. I said, God, if you're out there, and if you even care, Show me. And this man said, I still had the gun to my temple. And he said, my phone started ringing. He said, I never moved. I kept the gun at my head. He said, I never moved. He said, they'll stop in just a moment. I'm going to do it. And he said, the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. How many know? The old caller ID phones. Y'all remember those caller ID phones? Sometimes they had a little box and only a certain amount of the title or the word could fit in the caller ID box. And so the man, still with a gun to his head, leaned over and looked at the phone and it said, call from Almighty God. Don't forget he pastored the Almighty God Tabernacle. But the only thing that could fit was Almighty God. Call from Almighty God. <laughs> yeah, I said, I started shaking. He said, I didn't answer because I never got a call from Almighty God before. But he said, I thought, you know what? If God cares enough, yes. If God cares enough to call me on the phone and to let me know that he's thinking of me, then I think I'm just not in my life. I think I'll go on just a day longer. Hey, I want to tell you something. I don't know what you're going through, 
through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know the battle that you're going through, but I got great news. I serve a God who delivers and rescues. And he'll do it today. Today. Would you bow your heads with us all over the house this morning? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many are here this morning? And you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know for sure, beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know, I know that I would go to heaven. There's not a doubt, not a doubt. If that's you, you just slip your hand up very quietly all around the house. Wow, praise the Lord. Let me ask a second question. You can lower your hands. Let me ask this question, though. How many were here this morning? A lot of new folk, a lot of young people here this morning. How many are here this morning would say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven but I'm just not sure that I would. And I care enough to right now just slip up my hand and let you pray for me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking, how many right now, very quietly, you'd slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure. God bless you, buddy. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Come on. Who else? Just raise it up today. Preacher, I want to go to heaven, but I'm just not sure I would. Pastor, pray for me. I care enough to slip up my hand let you pray for me. Who else? Right now. Come on. Be honest. Be honest. Preacher, it's me. It's me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many here today would say, Pastor, you didn't know it. Nobody else knew it except the Lord. I'm in desperate need of rescue. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, the thing that I'm battling with is depression or discouragement or bitterness or anger. But you say, Preacher, oh my, oh my, I need deliverance. Pastor, I gotta have it. I gotta have deliverance. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you right now, I want you just to slip, slip your hand up. Just slip it up around the house today. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to pray for these. I'm going to pray for you. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am saved. But I need to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Preacher, I'm not where I need to be. Hey, in just a moment. We're going to invite you to come. I'm going to ask our personal workers if they would very quietly just slip out and find a place down here in the altar. Father, thank you. Thank you for using the music today to remind us that you're a God that delivers and rescues. And Father, thank you for dovetailing this message right into that to remind us that you're a God that delivers and rescues. Father, somebody's in need of deliverance. God, those that are here this morning that are not sure that they're saved, God, they need to be rescued. 
And so, Heavenly Father, I pray right now, right now, oh God, that you would give them courage to make a decision. But not only courage, but Lord, I pray you'd give them faith right now to believe and to receive Christ as their personal Savior. Have your way in this invitation today, please, and we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand, if you would. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Just for a few moments, nobody looking around. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand about any need at all, if you raised your hand right now, right now, I want you to step out and I want you to come right now. Just come. We have somebody who has a Bible who would love to pray with you. That's right. Amen. That's right. Who else? Who else? Amen. Who else? Preacher, I need deliverance today. I need a rescue. Hey, would you come right now in the quietness of this moment? Come on. Come on. You raised your hand a moment ago. Pastor, I need help. Oh, man, I need the Lord to intervene. Would you come this morning? Would you come? Preacher, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Hey, you come. Pastor, I've been saved, but I've never followed in baptism. Why don't you come today and make yourself a candidate for baptism, believer's baptism. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Father, I pray that you'll bring the increase. Holy Ghost, I pray that you'll do what we cannot do. Father, we've tried to sing. We've tried to preach some. But Lord, at our very best day, we're limited. We're limited. Spirit of God, I pray that you'll do what needs to be done right now. God, I pray lives will be changed. Father, have your way, please. Have your way. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, if there's a, something that you need to pray about, why don't you slip out right now and just make your way to an old-fashioned altar? Just find a place down here today. Can we pray with you? That's right. Can we pray with you today? Preacher, I just need someone to pray with me today. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Father, thank you for letting me be a part of a soul-saving station. Lord, a spiritual hospital of sorts. Great physician, I pray that you would do that which only you can right now. Lord, save the lost. Lord, deliver those who need deliverance right now. Oh, God. Father, that person that's walking afar from the things of the Lord, maybe not in the will of God. Lord, maybe they're not in their Bible like they ought to be. They're not spending time in prayer like they ought to. Maybe they're not the part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. Father, would you deal with their hearts right now and help them to come and to do what you lead them to do. Father, please have your way.